Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here is your host, Mr. Wonderful. What up, everybody? Welcome in to a new episode. And when I say new episode, I mean this is a new episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. It has been so long. In fact, Zach did the math. He dropped the number on me of how many episodes it's been. Just Patreon exclusives with Crypt of Horror, A to Z movie reviews, old interviews from my early, early radio days, which, uh, to be fair, to take a second here and kind of rip on Zach for a second, I got some pretty positive feedback on some of those old interviews because, let's be real, they're old and they're funny. They're really not that great. But uh, happy to be back. But before we get into the new, new Mr. Wonderful Show. Got some business to take care of as far as the Throw Me Podcast Network goes. If you haven't done it yet, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, go and give a follow to the Throw Me Podcast Network, especially the YouTube, because there's some big things coming up there this weekend. Uh, And one of those things is Haunters Podcast. It is back. The new season is upon us, so Haunters Podcast. You can follow them on Instagram. That is Zach, myself, and Brooke Hilton and the Thrill Me Podcast Network, of course, an arrangement of wonderful shows, uh, no pun intended there, talking Review at Rob, talking Core Memory Unlocked, talking uh, The Metal Groove, and this is growing up. So many shows for you to choose from. And don't forget the Thrill Me Podcast Network Patreon, as some of the shows have been in the past. There are Crypt of Horrors on there. Uh, There is A to Z movie review and so much more for you to check out there. But the YouTube page, I mentioned that, and that is something to follow because this Saturday, May 6th, halfway to Halloween, Haunters Podcast, Thrill Me Podcast Network, going to be out there live broadcasting from Smart Mouth Brewing Company. This is their Virginia Beach location. It's going to be from 4 to 10. They're throwing a halfway to Halloween party, free event. All ages are welcome. And... Haunters Podcast going to be doing a new episode live discussing horror kings and queens as well as playing horror trivia games with people plus showing off the spooky event that Smart Mouth Beer is throwing. So if you're in the Virginia Beach area this Saturday, May the 6th, 4 to 10, the Virginia Beach Pilot House location, Smart Mouth Brewing Company, halfway to Halloween. And yeah, on the YouTube page as well for Throw Me Podcast Network, you will be able to see that live episode broadcasting from the Virginia Beach Pilot House for Smart Mouth Brewing Company. And also this weekend, Thrill Me Podcast Network Federation Games. I think that's the title we're going with, but the Thrill Me Federation has a range of events as we will see the defending, the reigning defending champion review at Rob taking on Joey one more time as these two continue their heated rivalry, plus myself, going to be in action, a little battle royale. (laughs) Uh, Slaps and so much more, all going to be coming to the YouTube this weekend, so Throw Me Podcast Network, if you haven't done it yet, go ahead and give it a like. Now let's get into the show. Yeah, I uh, wanted to start things off with a little spooky music there because today is... It is May 3rd, my dudes. It is National 
National Paranormal Day. Stories about ghosts. I see dead people. Poltergeists. Apparitions. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. And things that go bump in the night. If it's not a ghost, what is it? Find that devil. Happy Paranormal Day. What's happening to me? A day to discuss all things paranormal, and that's obviously ghosts, but also could be anything from UFOs to myths and legends and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought, why not talk a little National Paranormal Day? In fact, Hunter's podcast, uh, what was it now, two, three years ago? We, maybe three years ago, I think it was in the midst of COVID, we went and actually did a paranormal investigation uh, back at Ferry Plantation in Virginia Beach, where we had some interesting experiences that night. I remember I had the feeling of being rushed up on by an entity on the stairwell uh, when we were upstairs by the old children quarters and where the uh, maid of the kids used to sleep as well and had that feeling that she was not pleased with us being up there, getting that uneasy feeling. And then when we started to leave, getting the, you know, you know how you can feel somebody rushing up on you and just running up on you from behind. As we were all going down the stairs, I was the last one down the stairs. And I just remember getting that feeling of somebody rushing up on me and oh man was that terrifying because I just wanted down those stairs so fast the anxiety level that just overtook me out of nowhere like I was already uncomfortable when we were kind of creeping into her room as like uh maybe I shouldn't cross this threshold and that it felt like something crushed the threshold to come at us to get us the hell out of there and that wasn't the only experience that night and that's actually not the only experience I've ever had when it comes to spooky paranormal haunting stuff the place where I used to live at in Virginia Beach uh, years ago my brother was engaged to this woman and she always said uh, she was very open spiritually wise she for her whole life apparently had had experiences had always been file followed stuff like that and one day I just, you know, finally was like, okay, sure, whatever. And I started living with my brother and his, they were girlfriend, boyfriend at the time, but they, I, I went and started living with them and it was a place where uh, my buddy Zach has been, Brooke has been and stuff like that. Uh, but I was staying with them and it was a place that I had been to prior to her and it was always just, you know, nothing weird, nothing like that. There was one room in that place where I always felt a little uncomfortable and, tried to avoid that room as much as possible and still do anytime I go back and am in that that house. Uh, I, I, I look to avoid the middle room, which happens to be the room that I make everybody else stay in when they come. But nobody else has ever had a weird experience in that room, just me. Uh, except for the six months that they lived in this house, my brother and his girlfriend at the time, because over the course of that six months, things went missing. Like things that were like left out, out, like would be moved, things, uh, lights would turn on, turn off, a microwave would turn on and off, uh, just weird stuff would happen. And it was kind of just one of those like, okay, writing it off, writing it off. But just one day there, I was there and I'll never forget this one. Uh, he, I heard noises upstairs and I was downstairs watching TV. Uh, I was actually with, uh, his ex-girlfriend's brother was in town and it was the two of us. We were there and my brother came home. He went upstairs and we heard noises and we, we were like, are they really like 
going at it right now? Or are they like, and, and when I say going at it, I mean getting it on. Cause that's what it kind of sounded like. And we were like, dude, what the, f- all right, let's, let's get out of here. And we left and came back and eventually they both came downstairs and we were like, yeah, thanks for, you know, that, that show you gave us earlier to which they gave the reply of like, what are you talking about? And it was like, yeah, we, we heard what you guys were doing up there. And my brother just deadpan looked at me and he was like, dude, I passed out. I'm, I'm exhausted. Like I, I went upstairs and went to sleep. She came up and joined me. Like that's, that's all that happened. And it started. And at that point it was like, all the other stuff had already happened. And at that point we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay. And right after though, he, he made that comment and talked about it. Like the room that we were in had that energy shift. And, and I know Zach and Brooke and everybody else that was there that night at Ferry Plantation knows what I'm talking about when it's, it's just a normal situation. And then all of a sudden there's an energy change in the room. Things kind of feel off. Uh, your hair start to stand up. You get hit with some cold spots out of nowhere. Like that started happening when we were discussing it. And it was a beginning of a realization of, okay, like this woman does attract spirits. There are spirits here. I don't know if these spirits are good, if they're bad, whatever. But eventually when she left the place, every weird thing that happened in there stopped happening. I only had some weird moments after that. Uh, when I was after my brother passed away, I my oldest brother, that is, uh, I have two uh, oldest brother passed away. My other brother's still with us. But when my oldest brother passed away, uh, I, w- I was living by myself in that place at that point, uh, this place where it used to be spooky central uh, and like Dana Barrett's apartment. And, and, you know, nothing weird had happened since then just kind of was hanging out, but it was just a day where my brother was on my mind, very heavily on my mind that day. And I was just sitting around thinking about him, started crying and out of nowhere, the fire alarm started going off in the place. And it wasn't cause the batteries were low. It wasn't the beep, beep, beep or anything like that like this was out of nowhere started happening and I know it was my brother and I know it was a paranormal moment because I also instantly felt joy like that like how I talk about talked about how I had that feeling of overwhelming like dread kind of take over me and the energy change the energy change with this one was that of happiness and that of comfort to where I chuckled and I was like okay Jay, I know you're here. Thank you. And the minute I said his name and said thank you, the alarm stopped. I never went over and touched the thing. It stopped and never went off again. That was like eight, nine years ago that one happened. So yeah, it's uh, uh, paranormal stuff has always really intrigued me. Um, and And having experiences and having moments like that are very interesting just really just doesn't answer any of the questions that you have it it actually opens up more because I'm like wait so my brother was there with me that day wait so there were things that that were in this house was it good was it bad Uh, some other people had told me stories back when my brother was was dating that girl that that attracted entities other people told me after she was long gone that they didn't want to come back to the place because they had actually seen spirits in the place and one of them did look angry 
didn't do anything aggressive, but just what they saw did not sit well with them. And they've never explained to me what they actually saw because I kind of cut them off as well. I was like, listen, I still got to sleep there. Like, don't tell me about that. Uh, but that was also the house where during the time that my brother was dating that that girl that was very um, spiritually uh, attracted to the spirits. Uh, yeah, that was also the time that I first watched The Exorcist, which if you want to talk about paranormal spooky movies that are great for today, there's one for you, The Exorcist. And yeah, that was a bad idea to watch it then. And then why well, I watched it a second time and I've told the exorcist story, uh, uh, you know, thousands of thousands of times. But if you haven't heard it, uh, I watched it that one time, scared the living crap out of me. I watched it a second time, not in a spooky situation back when I was in, like, I actually was staying in my college dormitory at my fraternity house, uh, just to make sure that we didn't lose our housing. So I agreed to be the eighth guy in this suite that was ours when nobody else wanted to be the eighth guy. I stepped up and was like, sure, it's either going to be me or we lose the housing and we need the housing for a whole bunch of things like recruitment and stuff like that. So I was staying in there and this was back during H1N1, the swine flu, if you remember that pre-pandemic kind of crazy situation that occurred. And I ended up getting just the normal flu, but I was quarantined off for the weekend until we could figure out whether or not I had H1N1. And th- luckily my my roommate, Jordan, wasn't in town. He was out of town for track meet, stuff like that, um, with, uh, with uh, our college because he was part of the track team and did the shot put and things like that. So he was off on a meet for the weekend. I was quarantined off in the room and just figured, oh, what the hell, I'll, 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 I'll watch The Exorcist again. Yeah, and it scared me even more the second time. And I wasn't even in a spooky house the second time or a spooky place. I could hear everybody outside of my room enjoying the Halloween weekend. And I'm sitting inside my room at 3 o'clock in the, in the afternoon just like, I hate my life. Why did I watch this? So, uh, yeah, The Exorcist is a film that I have not watched since then. It was uh, Fool Me Once, Shame on Me. Uh, or, or Sorry, Fool Me Once, Shame on You. I went very George W. Bush right there. I went very W. You know, there's an old saying in Texas, uh, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. Uh, yeah, no, uh, flip it, reverse it. So I fooled myself the second time and have not watched it since then. So yeah, we'll see what happens when the new Exorcist film comes out later this year from David Gordon Green and Jason Blum and company. But The Exorcist, a great film to watch. And, you know, that's another thing on this National Paranormal Day. You don't have to share your paranormal experience, but maybe watch a paranormal film. Maybe watch something spooky. And some of the best movies, you heard it a little bit in the clip in the beginning. You got like Poltergeist, maybe Ghostbusters if you don't want to go the spooky route, but you want to go the family fun route with Ghost. Uh, The Exorcist, a great one, as I mentioned. Also, The Conjuring films, really good to watch as well. But I will recommend one that I always talk about, and this is a paranormal film that still has stuck with me. I've only I've, I've only seen it the one time, and I'm still pounding the drum for people to watch this film if they get the chance to. Everybody's talking about Ty West because they loved the film X. They loved the film Pearl. Everybody's excited for Maxine. Years prior to these films... Back when, I I don't want to say, back when he was an indie filmmaker, because he still is. He's working with A24 on those movies. Like, that's essentially the major indie film studio these days, right? It's like like what Merrimax used to be. You know, that's where the indie filmmakers go. Uh, But back before he was even a part of A24 or any of that stuff, Ty West made a film called The Innkeepers, 
which is one of the... Uh, Ty West has a style to him that I very much like. With the it, it, he gives you the setup, and it, mm, the setup might move a little slow, but once all of that is done, he it's it's like riding a roller coaster. It's the slow build to the top, and then once he's finished setting everything up, you're on a wild ride the rest of the way. And the Innkeepers was one of those that I was watching, and I was like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know what this is going to be. And once it finally started to reveal its hand of what that ride was going to be, holy crap, it was terrifying. It was everything you'd want in a good paranormal film and had a blast with that film. So yeah, if, if you get a chance today, maybe throw on something for Paranormal Day, give that a watch. If you don't want to watch something that you have seen, go back, start watching Ty West early stuff, The Innkeepers, uh, House of the Devil. You know, that 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 could count for a day like today as well. That one is on Shudder, and I have actually watched that one a few times on Shudder because it, it seems like every time I turn on Shudder, it's one of it's it's literally one on one of the live streaming channels, which I love that Shudder does that, that you can go in there and turn on a live movie channel of different versions. And typically that one's playing on one of the three channels they have and I always will just stop and watch it because that's that's a great one as well so uh just some of the things but maybe maybe tv shows what type of tv shows could you watch as well uh well supernatural is a great one for natural national paranormal day uh also I would just say maybe go with like a ghost adventure show I love ghost adventures I love the shows like a haunting paranormal card on camera uh, most terrifying places is a show that I really love as well where they just do the around America and now we're going to go to Florida and now we're going to go to this location and this location and we're going to go here and going to go here and let's tell you the the terrifying backstory. And in fact, that show has actually, Most Terrifying Places has actually covered the lake that I used to swim in growing up back on Long Island. Uh, the lake where I learned to swim in has a rich haunted history and it's a legend that I believe. It's it's called Lake Ronkonkoma, and it's in Lake Ronkonkoma, New York, Long Island. And the legend of this lake is that it's Long Island and has has a very rich Indian history. The school I graduated from was uh, the school district was Sachem because of the Indians. Lake Ronkonkoma named after the Indians as well, but there was uh, a princess, an Indian princess that lived on one side of the lake, fell in love with somebody on the other side of the lake. This is the long, the long story shortened up, fell in love, um, a love that could not be. They were set to meet in the middle of the lake one night. She went out, she drowned, her lover never showed up. And since then she will pull down one male every year uh, in in search of her true love. So if you are a male that swims in this lake, there is a possibility that you could be pulled in by the princess that drowned in Lake Ronkonkoma. And I believe it because if you go and you look at the stats and you look at the numbers and you look at what's happened there, there has been a male drowning in that lake yearly since this legend became a thing. Like it is well documented the amount of of passings that have come through one male drowning in that lake each year. And it's typically somewhere when in swimming towards the middle of the lake as well. It's not like a close to shore thing. It's it's a somewhere out in the actual lake lake. 
they end up drowning and, and being pulled under by the princess. And they covered it one year in most terrifying places. They got with a lifeguard that talked about how he had a vision about a four, didn't know what the vision was until it actually happened, but had a vision of struggling to save somebody who he thought he had, but kept being pulled away from him in the lake. And all he could see above him was bright lights going off. Turned out it was 4th of July and he had jumped into the water on 4th of July that year as a lifeguard to try and save somebody, couldn't save him, and felt as if they kept getting pulled away from him every time he got them. And all he could see to get his way out of the lake were those lights above from the fireworks going off. So yeah, it's some creepy stuff. And I've always had an idea of what I've wanted. I've always had like a movie idea of if I was to go back to Long Island and make a horror movie of some type it would involve Lake Ronkonkoma in a way because again it's got a rich history to it a rich rich legend and a legend that's in a way seems to have been confirmed uh through many many years of unfortunate drownings in the lake involving men so that's you know just one of the things uh and and one last paranormal creepy story i kind of have uh anybody that's in virginia beach might get this there's there's a road called elbow road and it's allegedly haunted and one night i found myself following i forgot what the concert was but it's near where the amphitheater is and you could end up on this road if you're going the back ways to leave the amphitheater and i unknowingly one night after leaving a concert ended up on elbow road in Virginia Beach and I gotta say it I didn't I, I didn't get the creeps the way I did at the house I stayed at I didn't get the creeps the way I did like with Ferry Plantation but it was a weird area and I know now that they've been doing more construction over there uh, or at least were doing construction over there last time I had taken that road which was not at night but it is a windy area it's a very narrow area and there's not much light out there and some of the stories that would go to it is because there isn't much light out there is people would see like lights from what should be a house but there was no houses there at that time so it's 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 a location that has a lot of potential witch history to it uh, paganism to it stuff like that so uh, yeah if you ever get a chance to read up on that that's a good one to read up on uh, elbow road in virginia beach so just a little bit of the paranormal for today. Thought it would be fun to talk about that on the first episode back. Uh, and, you know, th- again, this this show is going to be a little different than what it used to be. Uh, but we are still going to talk some news. In fact, it's time to talk about... The Writers Guild of America on strike. And it could mean that all of your favorite television shows will go away. And they may not come back. This could cripple television. It could bring television to its knees. Because of the writer's strike, you will unfortunately not be able to see the rest of this skit. But rest assured, it was hilarious. This message has been brought to you by the Writers Guild of America. Yeah, there is uh, officially a writer's strike happening right now in Hollywood and as that fun little clip uh, hinted at, this could impact a lot of the shows you like, a lot of shows that you probably watch right now, and in fact, actually has impacted a lot of the shows that I know you enjoy watching. So, the Hollywood writers on strike, uh, the Writers Guild of America voted to strike after they couldn't make a deal on Tuesday, well, by Tuesday morning at midnight. 
the big issue this time around, if you don't know, is all about compensation from streaming. So the WGA says that studios have used the transition to streaming to cut writer pay, separate the writing room from production, worsening working conditions for series writers at all levels. And when you think about it, that makes sense. Uh, a basic old sitcom television show used to be about 20, 26 episodes, but now you get Netflix coming out with six to 10 episodes. Some shows are only four episodes, maybe three episodes. So things are very different with the streaming services. Now, the studios say that they offered a generous increase in compensation. Obviously, the writers did not agree, which is why they are on strike. And as of recording this, some of the shows that have already been affected, uh, if you love watching Late Night, they've all gone dark. So Fallon is dark. Myers, Colbert, Kimmel, they have all decided to, uh, well, not decided, but they are not working right now. Uh, that also includes The Daily Show, HBO's Last Week Tonight, Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, if you're a fan of Pete Davidson and you were excited for his SNL return this weekend when he was going to be hosting, well, SNL is off and they're not going to return until the strike is over as well. So this now has impacted SNL, which kind of falls into the late night comedy talk show type of stuff. It's not so much talk show, but the late night scripted comedy stuff like that. So uh, SNL is now off the writer's room for Abbott Elementary. They were supposed to convene on Tuesday to start working on episodes for season three. They did not convene. Uh, the writers that were working on season six of Cobra Kai, they've stepped away. They they closed the laptops, their iPads. They're done for now. Season three of Showtime's Yellow Jackets, that's been halted writing-wise. But there are some shows that just squeezed by. So some of the script, one scripted show, at least one of the big scripted shows, season two of the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. All those scripts have been turned in. So filming has already begun. That's expected to continue. Uh, just means no rewrites are going to be coming on that show. But we at least will get season two of House of the Dragon. So that's kind of where things stand now. Um, I, but again, I imagine possibly if they do need rewrites on House of the Dragon, it's going to halt production. So it's either move forward with everything and just hope it works or get ready to potentially come like the filming of episode two, be like, oh crap, now we got to shut down production. So uh, Variety is keeping a running list of the shows impacted by the strike so far. Uh, this won't impact much of the studios and the film releases, at least for a little while when you when you start thinking about it, because a lot of that stuff is already movies that have been pushed back, movies that have been filmed, movies that are already in production, things like that. But uh, yeah, this this you you got to hope that they're going to come together and figure something out uh, sooner rather than later. The last time that a strike happened, it went for well over 100 days. So. You know, as of now, Abbott Elementary putting putting closing up shop for a minute and the writer's room being shut. Yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit of the production on season three. They might get started later if it only takes about a month to figure things out. But if this starts dragging on and we start getting into month two, month three, month four, I don't know how many of you remember the last strike that happened about a decade ago. We We lost, like some of those seasons were cut short, so... There's, there's a possibility that if this keeps dragging out, Abbott Elementary could end up being like eight episodes instead of a full season next next time that it airs, if it even gets to air on time. Uh, I don't think shows like Cobra Kai 
would be impacted that way because I feel as if since it's the Netflix stuff, uh, yes, they said that the show is coming back and gave it a release date, but they can always streaming with as opposed to basic cable works a little differently since they kind of control the release on streaming. So Netflix can just say, okay, we've had to push it back because we want to make sure we get every episode of Cobra Kai perfectly correct. So we're, we're still doing our 10 episode season, whatever it ends up being, but a show like Abbott elementary that's airs on ABC, they've got sweeps. They've got, they've got times that they can't do one of those like, okay, well the writer's room's back open and we're not going to start the new season until June. No, they're not going to air new stuff in June. So they're, they've got a tight window. They've got a little more of a tighter window to figure things out. And I do remember uh, the last strike because it impacted mentioned Supernatural, kind of to wrap things up full circle here with the Paranormal Day. Supernatural season three, it was. There's some interesting episodes that season with the writer's strike, and it's a shortened season. Usually Supernatural ran for like 20 plus episodes. That season, I want to say, was only 13 episodes or 14 episodes. And it's also the Ghost Jumpers season of the show, which was, I know it's an episode people really, really love and they love the Ghost Jumpers. I hated that episode and really never cared for them as a part of the show. There's some things that were good with them, but for the most part, I was not a big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's a little breakdown of kind of what's happening with the Hollywood strike, as I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff out there. You've seen some of the pictures, Rob Lowe out joining the protesters along with his son talking about how they need to work together. Uh, The late night host saying that they're all helping out or at least trying to. Well, they say that they're trying to, but Fallon's been kind of called out by one of his employees making claim that Jimmy's not really helping them out. Uh, when at Monday's Met Gala, Fallon said that he would support his writers all the way in the event of a strike. Uh, but then his senior photo research coordinator took to Twitter and said he wasn't even at the meeting that told them that they weren't going to be paid after this week. So took a little little bit of a, a little MacGuffin there on, on Fallon. But for the most part, uh, a lot of people have been very supportive. I know Jay Leno, who doesn't even have a show, showed up at the picket lines the other day, was passing out donuts to the picketers, which he did do during the writer's strike back in 2007 as well. But uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And I'm sure Review at Rob will have some stuff on that as well on his show uh, as as more continues to unfold from that. But there you go. Uh, it's happy happy to be back. Thank you all for listening to the Mr. Wonderful Show this week. And yeah, this is probably going to be the format moving forward, maybe uh, we'll hit some type of cool story for the day, maybe hit one of the bigger news stories out of Hollywood as well. But no, not it's no longer just uh, an entertainment show. This is a show for everything now and for all of you. So thank you for listening. Remember, rate, review, subscribe to all things Throw Me Podcast Network, and we will talk to you again soon. Until next time, peace and love. Peace and love.